This episode of The Clear Out was recorded on the 24th of January 2024 at home in Wicklow. And it is a deep dive into my own mental health collapse or crisis or battle that I have found myself immersed in for the last few weeks. Um, so it's, it, you know, it, it, in, in my opinion, it's a very uh, calm, chilled, but very honest episode. Um, and maybe, maybe an episode in which I treat this subject um, in more detail than I have ever before on on the podcast. So, if that's something that you think might just be a little bit too much for you, don't worry about it. Get out of here. You have my blessing. Um, but if it's something you think, oh yeah, that could be of interest, it could be of use. I'd like to think you'll get something from it. Um, I did the episode out of a sense of necessity for myself, for my own need to kind of process. Um, But I also did it out of my conviction that talking about these things contributes something uh, of use to any conversation around mental health. Um, I think it can be of use to any individual who encounters the, the you know the sharing of another's experience of depression, anxiety, um, and other things. Uh, and part of what I discuss, and I'm just going to say it here as again, just as as a warning in case it might be too confronting for you. I talk about suicidal ideation, my own experience of that. Now, I've talked about this in passing before and in some detail before, but this episode, you know, I, I kind of go to that place. Um, I Again, I, I tread carefully. I feel I, I walk a, a careful line. I don't feel there's anything gratuitous or excessive in how I, I talk about these topics in this episode, but... It, um, yeah, it's in there. You're, you're, you're going to get a pretty, a very clear sense of where I'm at when I'm in, in the middle of that kind of thing. And I hope it's, yeah, I, I just hope it's something that um, you enjoy is not the right word, but I hope it's something you get something from. So that's what's coming up. If that sounds like it's up your street, enjoy uh, I said I wouldn't use that word. <laughs> but um, yeah, and if it's not for you, yeah, don't worry about it. Get out of here. I'll be back talking about less um, confronting matter uh, next week. Okay, I'll see you around the corner. Cheers. Ooh, not gonna change my mind. Leaving the dream My name is Dara Clear and you're listening to The Clear Out. You're very welcome. I hope this finds you in good form or at the very least managing. How's January going for you? How's this year shaping up so far? What are you up to? Where are you at? Give me the give me the real story. I'm not interested in the fluff. <laughs> And in a way, I'm deliberately articulating that for myself because that's the frequency where I'm happiest. Give me the real story. I'm not interested in the fluff. The fluff is the the show. The fluff is the performance. The fluff is shiny, happy jazz hands. <laughs> The fluff is the wall of of cliches and sound bites, and it 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 has no nutritional value. It's self protecting, and I recognise that a lot of the language I use 
and a lot of the things I talk about. There are self-protecting aspects to that. There are self-protecting structures. Because really, when I'm talking about mental health or wellness or internal work, internal stability, internal exploration, excavation, external renegotiate internal sorry internal renegotiation internal landscape maintenance um the 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 pursuit of map making of the internal topography of oneself when i talk about all of that i mean really of course i'm talking about myself And my own ongoing, unending attempts to better understand myself. And I'm interested in that because it helps me steer the course better through life. And I'm interested in that and I'm interested in speaking about it and writing about it and going into that space. Um, with a level of openness and transparency and qualified fearlessness um, because I think it's of use. I think it's of use to to other people. I think it's of use to other people to feel that there's an understanding, a recognition, um, a companionship, vicarious though it might, it might be in hearing somebody else talk about these things and what I feel I've come to understand um, through my own experience um, is that there are always new levels of understanding to be explored to be revealed to be earned and that as a as a concept or as a as a as a belief or as an understanding can sometimes feel exhausting it can sometimes feel overwhelming and you know this i'm i'm just telling you now this episode is going to be very much a follow on from last week's episode where i was speaking about mental health i was speaking about having had a a tough few days and I was looking at my coping mechanisms, how I tried to frame those experiences to help me cope better. And I'm going to lean into it more in in this episode and really explore it um, in finer detail. Um, Granular is the word that comes to mind. That's That's a popular word that you'll hear bandied about. Let's get granular. Let's get into the the real. Let's get into the sands of this. And yeah, for that reason, you may want to just go, no, thanks. (laughs) You may want to go, listen, enough. (laughs) Enough is enough. I can barely cope with my own head. Why do I want to step inside yours? Um, But and and that's, that's absolutely fine. So if you want to just, you know, get the hell out of here, if you want to clear the room, if you want to hurl this podcast as far and as fast from yourself uh, as you can, that's absolutely fine. Because this stuff can be icky. This stuff can be very discomforting and it can be cringe inducing um, because well, what I believe is it's... Well, well, there's two reasons. One is it could raise things that are uncomfortable for you, the listener. It could raise things that just cut a bit too close to the bone, that come too close to home. And that can bring its own cringy, yeah, I do not want to go to that place. Now, the other type of cringe is... And this is one that makes me uncomfortable as someone who's do, <laughs> who's doing this and putting myself out there is 
somebody indulging in and indulging is a loaded word i accept that but someone who is exposing themselves and walking this line where i suppose the 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 offer is one that could be misinterpreted as being one that's very egotistical that's very narcissistic um an offer that's saying look look at how fascinating i am and i'm going to wallow in my own my own um i'm going to wallow and make public my own self-absorption and that that's that's cringe inducing that's you know it's i'm struggling to to find the right word um undignified (laughs) excruciating embarrassing um egregious excessive all of these things and but but but, you know that that's that's a that that's that's judgmental language and that's placing values on this exercise um and i'm i've tried to condition myself to go don't listen to that ignore that just put the stuff out there and try and keep it close to the the facts and the truth of the experience and if you can do that, if I can do that successfully, that's of use. I know it'll be of use to me. And the the act of faith and the whole nature of this podcast since its inception, um, you know, the act of faith is that something, something does come across in the translation. Something does come across in the transmission of voice and words and thoughts and emotions put into this package this particular medium um and it it manages to to travel across to uh, to you whoever's listening and become uh an exchange a shared experience so all of that is tantamount to if not a disclaimer certainly a warning and I'm hesitating to use the phrase trigger warning um, because I, I I have an issue with a lot of the language that we use nowadays um, because I think it panders to a certain preciousness and a certain oversensitivity that I don't believe is that useful. Um, but I understand why I understand why that oversensitivity exists and I understand why people want to um, sort of prep the ground or establish these, um, you know, protective instruments so they can travel very safely through so many different spaces in the world. And... Although, you know, yeah, and as I say, I understand that, but I'm more in favor of just let things be what they are. If you're bringing a level of thoughtfulness and consideration um, to what you're putting out there, hopefully people can understand and recognize that. Um, but there's a lot of, I feel like there's a lot of second guessing in, in the way we interact, particularly, you know, in in a public, you know, format like this, there's a lot of second guessing, third guessing, where's this coming from? What's the agenda? What's this person trying to achieve, present in what way are they trying to manipulate me, the, the consumer, the listener, what do they want from me? What do they expect from this? And I mean, that can be that can be analyzed, I suppose. And certainly you've heard me talk. If you've listened to the podcast regularly, sure. Yeah, I'd like you to I'd like you to spread the word. If you like what I do here, I'd like you to bump this on to someone else. I'd like you to recommend this podcast if you feel it's, it's worthy of that. 
I'd be grateful for reviews, etc. Um, but that's all. That's all extra. It's all extra, and that, in a way, that exists in a very separate realm and a very separate zone. So my focus, my own focus, and the kind of the, 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 what I feel is the healthy focus of of this podcast. My own focus remains just do the thing, whatever the thing is. And, you know, the thing is, for me, doing this, it's about trying to present honest emotional experience and honest psychological experience. And it is, as the title suggests, about getting stuff out and putting it out there to be seen, to be examined. Um, and that was the one of the initial sort of therapeutic impulses when I started the the blog, The Clear Out, um, over 10 years ago now. That was the impulse. Get this stuff out of my head because it's driving me mad. And maybe this will be a useful exercise. And over time, it became this. So... That is, that's the deal, okay? And if you're not into this, you'll have switched off before you even got to this point. <laughs> and if you are into it, you've stuck around. So where to begin? That is the question. Um, I'm trying to, I'm trying to not just go into the into the sort of rawness or the, the, the visceral nature of of what I've been dealing with over the last few weeks. Um, and I may yet, I may that, that may come out as, as this uh, continues. But I'm I'm gonna start just with this idea and so this is I'm gonna probably start broad and then narrow it. Um, you know, narrow it down and sort of home in on maybe more personal aspects of this. But but fundamentally, um, I have been in the last few weeks experiencing pretty pretty bad mental health and. I mean, I'm already softening it, and I shouldn't. I mean, I would have to, if I'm, being, if I'm going to be honest, I'll have to say I've been extreme, experiencing extremely bad mental health, a sort of a total mental health collapse. Now, it's, you know, I'm trying to, I need to clarify this very quickly. I'm not talking about a psychic break. I'm not talking about paranoia. I'm not talking about psychosis. I'm not talking about delusions, erratic thinking. Um... I'm not talking about any of that and that's not really part of my own history in terms of my experience of depression, anxiety. Um, but the, the the recurring theme for me over the years since I was a child is the sudden overwhelming sense of absolute worthlessness and the the conviction deep in my core that I <laughs> that I have no value no value at all um and that that's a very emotional state. It's very emotional. There's a, a, a deep, deep sense of despair, sadness, loneliness, um, uh, helplessness. And what accompanies it is an incredibly busy head a busy, busy brain that is incessantly playing 
a narrative of of failure and a narrative of uselessness and a narrative of futility um a narrative of extreme judgment and self-loathing um to the you know to 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 the extent where i can just despise myself um this <laughs> this had this 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 is not broad this has gone very personal very quickly um but i'm just trying to to lay it out as clearly as i can and the yeah the 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 natural end point of this state the natural end point of this state is a constant mental flirtation with suicide because that's if you think you've no value and you consider yourself without you know worth um that and and this is this is historical for me this is this started when i was a teenager um this is the place i go to that it's it's the self-destructive impulse because that seems like a solution and it also seems like the easiest quickest way to end the the feeling of despair um and over the years i've learned to i've learned to not react to these you know to, to, to what are extremely dark dark thoughts i mean dark thoughts is also very euphemistic isn't it but they are like they're incredibly morbid they're they're they're, they're violent they're it's self-directed anger judgment recrimination and I've learned to over the years to kind of go, okay, I'm not going to, I'm not going to freak out, even though I am freaking out, even though th- this state is a sort of a freaked out state. What I've learned over the years is to sort of not compound it with further judgment on top of the, the you know, the, 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 the judgment that is happening already. And, you know, normally it passes quite quickly passes you know after a couple of days um but this time it hasn't this time this this feeling just keeps rolling back and circling back and i've just been trying to sort of you know my you know, one of my modes of response is to avoid making any big decisions um is to go into a very self-contained um kind of controlled management mode and sort of i i i, I don't want to say i breathe into it i mean i'm trying to counsel myself to do that but it's more I go into this, this will pass and I will make myself remain as functional as possible within this. Um, and step gently and hold myself carefully as I move through day after day after day of this. And hopefully it will pass. And then my, what I consider my normal response system, my normal resources will become available to me again. And I'll find a way to, to process this after the fact with, and hopefully be on the other side of little to no damage. Now, you can argue that that's, you know, that that's a very relative term, little to no damage. Because if I've been going through 
um, recurring episodes or recurring um, phases of, you know, internal, what? Internal war, internal hell. They're very dramatic words, aren't they? I'm not sure about that. I don't think they do it justice. It's, but there is there there is something very combative about it. There is something relentlessly punishing about it. Um, and the. The only the only victory, or the only well, it is it's a it's 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 a measurable victory, is that I can get through the day, and have remained functional, and outward facing to a certain extent, and engaging with other people in normal day to day activities, um, and with with normal responses. And manage to get into to bed at night and can sleep and wake up the next day and go, okay, is it still there? Has it passed? I'm still here. Um, and it's... It's what? It's just there. And a really important part of this sort of um, ever-present thing, this recurring uh, experience, is to understand that it's not defining. And I think that's an important, it's an important part of this discussion. It's an important part of how we consider this facet of 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 what of what i think is a very relatable human experience um but it's really important that we don't go oh yeah you're the mental health guy or you're the you're the depressed guy or you're the suicidal ideation guy um it's one thing that I deal with and recurring for anyone I think recurring episodes of depression or anxiety or whatever they might be you know in whatever aspect of mental health fracture or mental health kind of stress or pressure and I regard my own um, experience of this as sitting, I don't know, somewhere, you know, somewhere in the sort of middle range, uh, in, if we're talking about extremity, um, or, you know, destructiveness, or, you know, as a, as a kind of a, a destabilizing element um i don't consider it like way up there because you know I, I have people in my life who are much closer to the extreme end of things um and i think a lot of people experience aspects of this at a much lower level of intensity or destabilization and they go oh yeah i know what that's like and you know i, I think as i say I, I believe this to be relatable on a lot of levels um but there are are parts of this that I try to just I try to make sense of it and I try to contextualize it and yeah sure compartmentalize it and I think oh yeah that's something that I experience semi-regularly or from time to time occasionally it's something I'm familiar with it's something I have experience with and the way I try to deal with it is to understand where it comes from 
and to look at my own responses and to try to avoid catastrophizing it and making it like, oh, this is who I am. I'm the guy who hits these brick walls mentally, emotionally. And, you know, my my brain, my being craves the abyss, oblivion, self-destruction, disappearance. Um, and then I come out of it and I'm like, what the hell was that? Because there's an alienation, there's a there is a cognitive dissonance that happens. Um where you're kind of looking back and going, I don't know who that guy is or was, but in the moment it's all consuming. In the moment all your other belief systems <laughs> have been absolutely uh you know, detonated into dust. And it's just like a, it's a reordering of your world. It's a reordering of everything and nothing's good. Um. So yeah, I mean, and, the reason I'm speaking about it today is because I, 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 you know, I tried to sit down and record this episode yesterday and I just didn't have it. I just didn't have the, I couldn't get away from the weight, the, the kind of the emotional heaviness and the emotional heaviness that was still tethered to this very, very negative self-talk. And so I had to walk away which was a good decision but it's also a decision that I instantly judged and sort of compounded with um, you know more kind of self-criticism but then I was able to kind of you know create a little circuit breaker you know just let myself basically sleep for 15 minutes and get on with other things that had to be done and I shook it off Um and even today when I came back in here to record, I was thinking, well, I just talk about movies because, you know, I've, I've got a bit of, you know, I've, I've caught up on some of the movies that I didn't cover in the, the episode I did a couple of episodes ago about, you know, what I watched <laughs> through 2023. And I was looking at, the you know, certain movies and I was trying to put them into maybe categories of, you know, what what are these movies trying to say to us? What are they trying to tell us? And how can this relate to wellness? How can it relate to mental health? And I may yet do that, but but ultimately I thought, you know, what's most urgent or the thing that I just can't get past at the moment is this current um, assault in um, and this current sort of carnage that is happening with me internally and I thought well can I just talk about this and get it out and sort of process it in this space and see if that's going to be of use to me and I'm not sitting here going this is easy I'm not sitting here going being blasé about this I'm trying to take this very seriously um because if I can take it seriously, that means I'm actually caring for myself. And that's one of the hardest things to do, I find, when I'm in that state. it's re- I find it really hard to extend myself love. I find it very hard to extend myself care um, or any sort of positive regard. That's one of the, f- you know, they're the first things to go. They're the first things to be chucked in the bin. And... You know, a, a therapeutic approach that I found useful over the years, and you've heard I've spoken about it at different times in different episodes here, is to imagine someone you know you care about in a similar state and think how you would respond to them and what level of care and love and consideration you would extend to them. And that can be a very, you know, when we when we think of that situation, it's often 
just instinctive and natural and go of course I'd extend that care to that person but the therapeutic tool or strategy is well step outside yourself and view yourself and care for yourself um, and yeah that if, if it, you know again when I'm kind of when I'm sort of <laughs> when I'm on the you know in more normal in a more normal state where my my natural sort of baseline is is pretty positive and um I experience sort of a healthy level of self-regard that allows me to to function in many other areas of my life um then it's kind of easy it's easy to put a put a hand on my own shoulder um, and go, you're grand. But in the middle of a depressive episode or this kind of, this concoction of, you know, depression, anxiety um, and sort of self-abandonment it's 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 harder to do that um and yet like i found myself i found myself kind of having having moments of of insight um as i've been processing this over the last couple of weeks and they involved you know the, the, the sort of sort of my my way in was to reflect on my my daughter and how she's been because I've been very very irritable cranky shouty angry and I've been I've I've behaved badly I you know as as a parent I haven't I've been too many fails um in terms of not not insulating my daughter from my my own anger but i've spoken to her about it um and after you know just too much barking on my part i've gone listen you know you know i'm sorry but i'm just not feeling very good about myself at the moment and i don't mean to speak to you that way and as I've said here before, I try, try, always try to make clear her, clear to her, particularly in the last couple of years as she's got older. I say to her, "You're not responsible for my feelings. You're not responsible for my, you know, how I am." I said, "You can affect me, and that's fine, but it's not your job to make me feel better." Um, because I don't want her to step into the, you know, a, a parenting role, which is, <laughs> I, I think, um. You know, my own experience as a kid was I had had have a mother who had a lot of anger, carried a lot of damage from her own childhood into adulthood, and it was a very defining thing in her life that she has never really successfully dealt with. I mean, that's one way to put it. You could say, well, no, she's dealt with it as successfully as anybody could with the damage that she experienced, and she should be applauded for that. Um, but she was not afraid to um and and i'm choosing my words carefully because i don't want to sort of misrepresent a more objective sort of truth but my mother certainly used myself my brothers to be emotional crutches and would and again, I'll, I'll use a very loaded word, groom us to be more the adult to her. Um, and I mean, look, I, I don't want to fully explore that here now. I, I mean, I have lots of thoughts about this, of course. But it's something I feel very strongly about. That was like that wasn't that wasn't a clean line. That was unfair. It was manipulative. And I think did a lot of damage. Um and so in my own parenting, I try to keep the line really clean and catch myself when I feel I'm not being fair. I'm not giving my daughter a chance just to be herself and be unhindered um, by my crap. Um, 
But in any case, my observation was, um, you know, my daughter was being just really nice to me. And I mean, I wasn't saying this stuff to her in a, a heightened, you know, there wasn't a, a you know, there wasn't a, a physical, uh, sorry, there wasn't a visible demonstration of my vulnerability. I mean, there was a demonstration of my anger and then a demonstration of, you know, my regret and my, um, my kind of my openness and I softened. I wasn't, I wasn't in a state that I think would have alarmed my daughter. Um, but you know, she has been very nice to me. I mean, and she is anyway. <laughs> but I started to kind of view it differently. And you've got to appreciate, I wasn't, I haven't been, you know, this is from and not being in good form. And I'm taking this in, you know, I'm in bad shape, let's say. But, you know, my daughter gave me these kind of really nice hugs. And the, 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 the moment of sort of insight was, I was kind of reflecting on it. And I just thought, oh, the way my daughter has been sort of so nice to me and, you know, expressing something really sweet and caring towards me just via the hug. I just suddenly had a flash that, oh, maybe, maybe that's something in her that's come from me. Uh, and I find that I found that almost overwhelming and even now as I speak about it it, it makes me feel very emotional um, <laughs> because it challenges it challenges my narrative it challenges my my negative narrative about myself that I have no value and it reminds me that I'm certainly at least partially responsible for the amazing beautiful person that my daughter is um, and I, you know, I, I I struggle, I struggle, I struggle, and I am struggling to articulate what that means to me. Um, I suppose what it what it awakens in me is is sympathy for myself and care for myself. Um. And maybe the idea that I can I can value myself. Now again, it's I don't want you to lose sight of the fact that I'm speaking about this and trying to put it into a context is this experience is coming from a, a frame of very bad being in very bad emotional space and being in very bad kind of psychological space. Because when I'm not in that space, I'm much more, you know, everything's calmer. Everything has much healthier, I have a much healthier perspective, a much healthier self-regard. But um, yeah, that was a real moment. That was a real moment of like, oh, right. Hmm. This is the, you know, this is the, the, the through line. This is the connective emotional tissue that's positive, not negative. Um, now, of course, my wife's a very, <laughs> you know, not to, not to, I'm, I'm in no way trying to disregard my wife's influence and input and what she's passed on to our daughter. Cause my wife is a very caring person as well. Um, but, um, but yeah, that was, um, that was a big deal that moment um, and another thing that 
that I was speaking to my daughter about only yesterday. Because I was talking about something, something came up quite organically <laughs> um, about, you know, my family and my siblings and our childhood. And my daughter and I were talking about it. And I was, I was trying to lay out for her in very, you know, in very sort of safe terms, just the idea of, of childhood damage and how, you know, bad childhood experiences can lead to unhappy adult lives. Um, and again, speaking, we're speaking in very, you know, this is a very chilled out, you know, easy conversation back and forth. Um, and again, just, and <laughs> my daughter just came out with this kind of real matter of fact thing that only you know a kid can only kind of say it as as directly and un um unambiguously uh, as she did and she was like well like how did you become such a great man and you know i nearly drove the car off the road <laughs> and you know you know she you know you know and i know she didn't mean it in that way. <laughs> you know, she didn't mean it in the great man way. You're a, he's a, he was a great man. Um, it was just so lovely. It was so, it just came, it just came out so easily from her. And, you know, I, you know, what I took her to mean um, you know, and I was laughing at her in a, you know in a nice way, <laughs> but what I took it to mean is she was like, okay, so you're you, you know what, how why are you so functional? Um, you know, little does she know, <laughs> you know this stuff I've been dealing with, but it was really just, you know, God, what a great person she is. <laughs> um, anyway, that was just this little kind of grace moment. So somehow my daughter is centrally involved in all of this and in my desire to sort of in fueling my desire to cope better and not abandon myself. Um, and so to kind of come to maybe and, and, and I acknowledge I've done the opposite of what I said I do to kind of come to maybe pull out from the granular level of this. Um, there's and this is just going to be psychology 101 I'm sure if you've done any work or considered this at all you'll go like yeah of course but um, the you know an idea or a frame through which to view everything I've been talking about um, is to think about the idea of how do you feel the world regards you? How do you think the world regards you? So, you know, your thoughts and your feelings, you know, your, your sense of how you're received by the world. And that's, you know, in, in by everyone. Close far away intimate distant whatever like every encounter how do you feel you're being seen how do you think you're thought of by others and if those answers you know for for want of a better word if those answers kind of fall into maybe the negative side of things um, where your conviction is that people have no regard for you. Your conviction is that they see you as, you know, whatever it might be. Um, it's not for me to, to put words on that because that's a very subjective experience. It's a very subjective conviction or, you know, it's, it's very subjective um it's a very subjective form of, of, of narrative building 
and often stuff that we've you know built or constructed over a lifetime um and those narratives are incredibly powerful incredibly powerful you know the story we tell ourselves about ourselves now i think that story can change uh, which is that's you know this is this that's a that's a very optimistic uh chink of light to to suddenly you know drop into all of this but the point i was going to make is what we believe others see in us or say about us particularly on the you know the darker side of things this is what we believe about ourselves so if our belief is that others see us in you know a very you know diminished way um often that's really a reflection of the story we're telling ourselves and i had a i had a moment last year sometime towards you know in in the the, the latter third of last year i had this moment where again i just found myself at a low ebb i found myself you know having a more typical episode of you know low mental health um low you know emotional um you know being in a low emotional state and i suddenly had this um moment of clarity that part of my narrative since i was very very young and is that i could be discarded by everyone no matter how close no matter how sure in normal circumstances i was of their love and their regard and their care there was an underlying conviction there is an underlying conviction that i can be thrown away that i am dispensable that i will not be missed <laughs> um i'm laughing because it's extreme it's extreme and you know the fact that i'm laughing you know there are fake laughs and real laughs uh, and i can tell the difference i know them in myself and that sort of chuckle slash snigger at myself is that's 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 sitting in a healthy place i can tell you because it's an acknowledgement my rational brain goes that's absurd because i have such and i spoke about this relatively recently when i was talking about you know my my birthday party and how many great people were here and hashtag blessed and again my normal when i'm in normal what i consider my normal mode of behavior when i'm not sitting on the you know the more typical place i sit on my sort of mental health spectrum emotional health spectrum i see what i've got and i am grateful i see the glass is half full um and it means i can look at a comment like that or i can look at what i just said to you this idea this conviction i have deep down underneath everything is that i can be thrown away and what i can recognize then is when i've been going through what i've been going through over the last couple of weeks is that i throw myself away is that i discard myself that i abandon myself that i become dispensable to myself and of course that that ties directly to or links directly to the the suicidal ideation because it's like yeah pff, throw yourself into the abyss throw yourself into the darkness um and it's all of a piece isn't it now i suppose from a, a therapeutic point of view you go well, why why does why does this happen what what lets this get in what's the trigger what's the the you know the, the catalyst for the descent 
or the catalyst for for the collapse. Um, and to that, my 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 kind of my my instinctive answer is: that, look, it can be it could be anything, it could be any number of things. But I think in this case, there's something about the timing of. <laughs> and this is just so pathetic and unoriginal and cliched but sure it's p- partly it's connected to suddenly going all right I've, I've turned 50 where am I at in my life um what do I you know what do I feel I'm, I'm doing right or wrong um it's it's been at the start of the year and feeling geez I'm not sure if I have the I, I'm not. I'm not convinced. I have the resources I need to keep doing what I'm doing. Um, and there's a certain amount of. There's just a certain amount of fatigue. You know, there's a certain amount of fatigue. There's a certain amount of, you know, life takes a toll. And. I just think there are times when there's an accumulative mental and emotional exhaustion that can leave one very vulnerable and very susceptible to a little, you know a, a kind of a, a spike of existential crisis which can be very private and very, very personal and not something that is shared <laughs> in a public space like I'm doing. Um, and I think, I, think that's what I've, I think that's what I've been going through. And it has been extremely spiky and there has been, you know, fear has been an element of that. And that fear is connected to intense self-doubt, um, intense self-judgment, self-indictment, self-excoriation. Um, but here I am doing this now because I think it's going to be of use. I can feel it's been of use to me over this past almost hour just talking about it and talking through it um yeah and i'm not sure what the conclusion is i mean the conclusion is in a general sense if i'm speaking generally about these things and speaking to someone who's listening who might go yeah i know what that's like you know my instinct is to go hold yourself gently my instinct is to go can you accept that this comes from a real place it's not a contrivance can you accept that you've got wounds can you accept that you might be in pain periodically or perpetually and that's you know that's again it's not defining because pain comes and goes pain you know emotional pain you know mental anguish um it it, it comes and goes it you know it, it can come to the fore and it can retreat to the background and I, you know, I don't know if I believe it, it ever fully goes away, but I think we come to accommodations. I think we come to places where our capacity for profound self-care, um, you know, is is greater, and that's part of experience. It's part of getting better at um at holding ourselves um and understanding ourselves and minding ourselves and forgiving ourselves 
because that can be you know that can be a very powerful concept in in a society and in a world that's obsessed with transcendence and obsessed with measurable success um a world that can be obsessed with winners and the celebration of winners you know being feeling broken or incomplete or wounded um that can feel very you know unsexy and can bring with it these feelings that I've been talking about but I believe like we all have it I, I believe that's in all of us you know we, I think we all carry wounds we all carry damage um, and they're a part of who we are and I kind of I kind of love I kind of love them I kind of love the damaged parts of us I kind of love the wound because I think so much learning and healing can come from being unafraid to address the wound um, and so many other positive impulses and experiences and um, and what insights can come from being unafraid to look at the wound and certainly that can lead to massively increased compassion, empathy, understanding and consideration um, of everybody else. Um, and sure, to go back to what I said about this idea of like what you, you know, what you project out to the world is really what you're thinking about yourself. And so if if I've spent the last two and a half years on this podcast talking about, you know, uh, the need for greater self-care and greater compassion um, and increased thoughtfulness and increased mindfulness. Um, and I'm advocating that for everyone. I mean, of course, ultimately, I'm, I'm advocating it for myself because I want I want that for myself I want to be the recipient of greater care I want to be the recipient of more effortless love um, and minding and if we're you know if we're collectively stepping into that space and can allow part of ourselves to be directed towards others with that increased care compassion, consideration, love sympathy regard I mean we all benefit don't we <laughs> isn't that what makes will make the world better on some level on a very important level I mean it's not a it's not an economic solution it's not a it's not going to solve the healthcare crisis or the education property whatever crisis and yet it might because if more and more people are aligned around more humanist kind of principles those people end will eventually end up in positions of influence um, and power and can prioritize things differently or is that the most ridiculously idealistic thing you've ever heard in your life because <laughs> it might be <laughs> oh man Ugh. okay i think that's it i think that's it for today so look i hope that wasn't too excruciating i hope that wasn't too punishing um and none of this, not a single note of this, is a cry for help. I, I can't emphasize that enough. Um, it's 
an exercise in honesty and openness and trying to be real. It's leaning into what I believe is useful in the wellness space, in the mental health space. Because I feel I've benefited endlessly from people who speak honestly about this stuff and write honestly about it and are keeping things real. It's something that I respond to and go, yeah, yeah, cool. I like that. I can use that. I'm nourished by that. So, um, so yeah. So, sure, if you, <laughs> if there's part of you that goes, ah, oh, that's nice. I care for that guy. That's great. Um, but I don't, I, you know, I, I don't need you to be worried about me or anything like that. Um, <laughs> you should be so lucky, you say. <laughs> you know, we've all got shit going on. I get it. I know. I understand. Okay, that's it. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done for another week. Um, I do feel better. This has been useful for me. I hope it's been of some use to you as well. You can respond to this if you want. You can respond to this on social media. You can put something out there in the space on Instagram. On um, You'll find me on Instagram, the Clear Out Podcast, on Instagram, Facebook. I'm there on YouTube as well. You can be listening to this on YouTube. And of course, you can just bump it around wherever you like. You can review this. You can rate it. You can recommend it. You can support this using the Patreon link, patreon.com forward slash the clear out. You can reach out to me at theclearoutlive at gmail.com if you want to go a bit more personal and private. That's fine. And you don't have to do anything at all. That's the beauty of this, isn't it? That's what I like about podcasts. One of the things. It's free in so many ways. Okay, I'm gone. Thank you so much for listening. If you made it this far, I really appreciate it. Um, Yeah, go easy. Mind yourselves. Care for yourselves. Care for others. The glass is half full. I'll talk to you real soon. All the best. Bye.